This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. And gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 174. My name is Jay the Jedi Ross. Excuse me while I flick my bick. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. (sighs) Hello, welcome back. How are you kids? As always, it's great to be here with you in the L5J studios. We hope you enjoyed part one of our Pints and Pages event. It was very, very, very cool. Uh, I'd like to thank again Joe Osebonsu, Mr. Aaron Ong, and Toby Medeiros for hanging out and having some cool, cool chats with us. Uh, here we go. I'm not going to waste much time this week. We're going to go right into part two. Uh, Pints and Pages, I'll just quickly say for anybody who missed part one, you may want to go back and hear it because it was an event that happened uh, a couple weeks ago, November 14th and 15th at the Cameron House, downtown Toronto on Queen Street. Our good friend, Mr. A. Shea Han, put this event together where he brought a bunch of the local Toronto comic book creators together to drink, draw, and be merry. And that's exactly what happened. So we had super cool chats with those people I just thanked last episode. This episode, part two, we are going to be bringing you the extremely talented Mr. Mike Ruth. That's right. Mike Ruth. He's badass. And uh, we get in depth for about 45 minutes or so. And we have a fantastic conversation. Really, really enjoyed talking to Mike. Mike's an Oakville boy uh, with a bit of a connection to the comic connection, which is very, very cool. Mike's also done some art for uh, Red Sonja and Conan and some other stuff that he's going to tell you all about. Very cool, cool dude. And after that, we are going to follow things up with a little chat with our good, good friend, Mr. Sean Daly. That's right. It's always good to hook up with Sean and have a fantastic chat, as we did, as we always do. And I actually got to meet his roommate, Sean Martins. Had no idea that Sean Daly had the roommate, Sean Martins, but he does. And it was very, very cool to get a little inside glimpse into their lives. Hopefully we can get Sean back onto the show for uh, a little bit more of a conversation about his 
chose an artistic trade, which is that of animation. And I'd love to chat to someone a little bit more about the animation, as you will hear. But uh, here we go. Uh, more good times. Uh, I get a little lit up on this one, I am going to admit. By the end of this conversation, it's day two, and I've been drinking many, many, many pints. Uh, so by the time I'm talking to Sean Daly and wrapping things up, I'm pretty jovial. And there ain't nothing wrong with that, because I will make no apologies. Uh, so yeah, here we go. Part two, Pints and Pages. Uh, the awesome Mike Ruth and the indomitable Mr. Sean Dick. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Mike Ruth. Yes, sir. What are you drinking? I am drinking Mill Street Organic Stout. Or Milk Street Stout? You got the Whatever stout. Whatever one it is. Yeah. It's I the stout. The I love going it. On here. I really enjoy the Mill Street. Yeah, you know what? I buy it over Guinness now. I just, uh, I've, I've always, uh, I've always liked it. I don't know. They had, there's a place in uh, Oakville near me called Ginger Man that served it. That's the first time I had one, and I am a convert. If they don't have it, I just don't usually drink. Right on. Are you in Oakville? I'm in Oakville. Really? Yeah. I'm in Clarkson. Oh, okay. Right, right on. Right down uh, Air Mill South Downed Way. Right on, man. I work in Oakville daily. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Whereabouts? I'm in Kerr Village. Uh, oh, really? My yeah. buddy lives right on, uh, what's the street with uh, uh, the Slovakia hut? Right by Fennel. Oh, yeah. So right off Kerr Street. Yeah, right off yeah. Kerr Street. Yeah, cool. my buddy that I work with, our shop's right at Spears and Fourth there. Oh, okay. Right on, yeah, man. Yeah, so. Good times. I didn't know you were so close. Are you a Comic Connection? Uh, I work at Comic Connection. You work there? I haven't worked there recently in a very steady way, but I used to be there every Monday, or every Tuesday and Thursday, basically to dust and vacuum, clean the clean the store and take care of the boxes and then I would usually sit and draw for Rich who runs a place and uh, you know draw sketch covers for him and he'd sell them on eBay or whatever or sell them right at the shop and uh, yeah man I love those guys I owe those guys uh, I owe those guys a lot they um, when I was working full time for Scholastic and I eventually lost my job there I uh, I had no recourse to any income and I was literally trading sandwiches for sketches in those days. And I uh, used to hang out at Comic Connection. They gave me a table to sit at. They let me go and hang out there and draw every day. I'd engage with comic book fans. I'd, they'd see what I was doing. And uh, I would start getting commissions that way. And I started submitting my work to like different card companies and stuff out of that shop. Rich would put my artwork up on eBay, and we'd try to get like a little bit of an eBay sales thing happening there with sketch covers and stuff. And he was always very fair, and he'd let me work for my comics. And uh, I love I, I love those guys, man. Yeah, it was my dream to work at a comic shop. And my this whole is life. the new location too. Off yeah, Spears? I worked at the yeah. uh, I think I worked at the old one on Kerr for a while, and then yeah, the I was there. I actually did a lot of the heavy lifting to move the shop to the new location on Spears. It's a nice new location. It's awesome. That, it's a huge that shop. Pack room. You can have like the magic tournament of all. Dude, they they get like 130 people in there sometimes. Like it's it's a crazy. It's a wicked shop, and I and I wish. I mean, you know, I there's guys there who are so into comics who work there. Like Rob is like the, probably the most knowledgeable comic guy. I know Rob Lance, and he's a little older than me, and we just have the same kind of comic book first loves, you know. And uh, and uh, he's just an awesome resource to anyone looking to get into comics. He, he reads them all and knows them all, and uh, comics are his life. And uh, it's great. How lucky are we though? Eh? Like, I know, how many man. Shops do we have? 
within an hour drive of us, you can spend a whole day yeah. driving around to shops. You know, I talk to a lot of friends in the States who live in states who they've got to drive an hour and a half to find oh, yeah. a comic shop. Yeah, I used we, to have a lot of... all over. Yeah, I grew up in St. Catharines and there was a... Me sh- too, dude. Come Shut on. Up. I swear to God. What high school did you go to? I didn't. I left when I was nine. So oh, okay. I left when I was at Lincoln Centennial on Lincoln Scott Centennial. Street. Yeah, yeah. I know the school. Uh, yeah, I left in like grade one, I think, when I was no like way. eight or nine. But yeah, I totally grew up in that area, like Scott Street, Vine Street. Cool. Uh, yeah, Bonneville and stuff. I spent yeah. my, my late teens and 20s in that area. My I grew sister's up, uh, still down there. Oh, yeah? I still got tons of family down there. Yeah, that's yeah. super rad. Dude. Yeah, and I went nice. to... I love Gord's that place, place, man. Gord's, yeah. I, I, while, I was a Jerry's Alley kid, though. That was, okay. my, that was my place. They burned I, down... Uh, right, right, in yeah, like yeah. In mid, like, 94, 95, 95 or 96, I think it burned down. But that was my place, man. That was a... The Ramones used to play there, man. Like yeah, that was That totally. was a huge... Dude, that was a rock and roll city. I moved dude. back there in, like, for, like, 98, I'd say. I lived there for about a year or so. Yeah. And it was uh, swing nights at Gord's on Saturday night. Yeah. And I was big into swing dancing. Big Rude Jake. Martin Streak used to go from, from Edge. Martin Streak used to be at Gord's yeah. once a week. Like, yeah, it was man. it was awesome, man. Like, uh... Rest Did in it, peace. Because I know it closed. Did, didn't somebody reopen it though? Or? Oh, you know what, man? That's the thing about St. Catharines. I I loved. It was a wonderful place to grow up. But I, I moved to Oakville to go to school in the '90s, and I only ever got back to visit family. And okay. Now so when I head now when I head downtown, yeah. like um, I don't recognize the place. They're doing awesome places with the city, but I don't really. Uh, yeah, it is different. I, I don't. Uh, I don't recognize. Did you ever go to the Mine Bomb? It was yeah, across the street think, from uh, what was it? Wild Bucks or uh, Big Bucks? Big Bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah right I used to go there. The street. It, it was total rockabilly bar. Yeah. And how many Saturday nights I cannot count that with big bucks across the street, like Jock Bar, Chad Bar, just eruptive fights oh, between dude, rock and rollers and, and Jock Boys. All the time, man. <laughs> yeah, there used a, to be a lot of skinheads, and uh, the skinhead and punk scene thing was punk big. Punk scene and, is old and, and rooted there, man. Yeah, like absolutely. core thing. Like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It was a totally. wicked place to be, like, you know, a young man, like... Uh, you know, a young experimental dude doing drugs and drinking and partying and, and you know, getting a taste of this amazing, like, the, the, the local music was incredible. Like, mm-hmm. they had wicked bands, like the, the Revenge of the Egg people were great, the Hypnotic Bidets. Yeah, yeah. Did you know Big Rude Jake? Uh, I didn't know the band. There's a band, you right? Heard of him? Well, he's a guy, and he's got his band. It's uh, Big Rude Jake and the somethings. I can't remember. You know, I think I have seen them before He's a swing yet. guy. Okay. He, he moved out of St. Catharines oh, to Hoboken. I know exactly Because you he's, you know, he's all Frank obsessed. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, red beans and rice and stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I used to see him all the time downtown on St. Paul. Like, yeah. You know. So, uh, here you are doing a sketch cover for mm-hmm. Batman 66. Mm-hmm. I don't know Comic Connection too well because uh, I'm a Clarkson kid. I go to Altered States. Right. On Lakeshore, which uh, is very cool to share with Ty Templeton as his LCS. Yep. And running into him just casually at Altered States. Oh, Ty's the shit, man. Oh, I love he's Ty. just the nicest, uh, nicest fucking guy. And yep. Well, we got into we were podcasting at Fan Expo, and we were going to talk about Batman '66, but we ended up just talking about Clarkson when we both realized we grew <laughs> up like a street away from each other, right? Because that guy's Canadian royalty too. He is, man. Like and his you know, parents were like celebrities. Like I had the pleasure of being on a panel with Ty once, and uh, and it was just it just became like who could tell the longest, most rambling story. And he and I had a blast. Like we were like afterwards, like oh, we should do a Ty and Mike show where we just talk about <laughs> comics and and uh, yeah, it was it was funny. Like it was because uh, I don't think we really knew each other before then. But no, I'm a huge fan. I mean, for me, first time I saw Ty Templeton's work was. Uh, when well, the intro credits to um, Prisoners of Gravity, which was that awesome show on, T- I think it was TVO. It was that uh, 
Rick Green, the guys who did the Red Green show. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think is, is it Rick, Rick Green was it's, his name? No, uh, well, Rick Green was Steve Smith. Yeah, but there yeah. was, um, but there was, no, there's actually a dude. His name, I think his name is Rick Green. He had like, a, yes, uh, he was white Bill. Hair. He was Bill on the Red yeah. Green show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, white hair with the glasses. Well, he was the host of Prisons yeah, of Gravity. Yeah, he wore weird shit. Didn't he wear? Kind yeah, because like, uh, the concept I, was he's a guy who built a spaceship and gets trapped out in space, like, yes, yes, I and totally he's he's in a satellite, that. and it was like. You know, interviews with like Alan Moore and and, and Grant Morrison yes, and Frank Miller, I totally and it was like that. Yeah. it was an amazing yeah. show. And then and Ty Ty did the illustrated yeah. intro, and it was all like beautifully drawn and looked like watercolor. Like I remember just being as a kid, like being like, "Wow, this is wicked." And and he, you know, shortly thereafter or maybe at the same time, was drawing uh, Justice League. Um, on the those famous uh, Crazy, the yeah. famous ones with um, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. the Kevin Maguire stuff and I think he took over after Kevin Maguire actually but uh, but that that run that awesome iconic run that uh, with that famous cover that Kevin uh, Maguire did but uh, yeah man uh, Ty's awesome his wife uh, Karen is awesome oh, and uh, he chased down sixty six too eh? that wasn't a, like them come to him he oh, heard really? they were doing it. And he was like, I want to do this. Well, he does it so well. Yeah, and I mean, he chased it down, yeah. It's yeah. the only DC comic post-New uh, 52 that I even... Or, or during like the transfer over like, 2011 or whatever. I stopped collecting DC during... Really? I, yeah. I got hurt into it, man. No, that's, that was my, that was my saying goodbye. But I bought beats. Ty's work. And yeah. um, the only other DC comic I've, I've read, honestly, since then has been... Um, uh, I read uh, Gotham by Midnight, the Ray Fox, and You've read none of Capullo Snyder. No, I'm not that much of a Batman guy to be honest. I, I used to love Batman in the '90s and that, and the '80s when I was a kid and that. But I, uh, no, Batman just became too big a thing. Like I just, I, I read it now and then. I enjoy well, it. It seems but. that obviously. Uh, you're, you kind of enjoy the Viking thing. Like, oh, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's my that's my. So where does everything lead from there of, you know, these guys in the comic shop helping you out to where you're doing Conan and Red Sonja for fucking Dynamo and Dark Horse? <laughs> well, like, for those guys, I just did, like, pinups and covers and stuff. I hope to do more. But, uh, no, for me, that was my dream as a kid was to be uh, was to draw something for the Savage Sword of Conan. I always want to get a pinup in the back because when I was young, that was that's what I wanted to do. I love those big black and white Savage Sword books, and I... Uh, I'd always wait and buy them and then uh, go back and get the back issues because in the back they'd always have like three or four amazing pinups by artists that I'd maybe never heard of or my favorite artists. Like, and uh, they were just these amazing black and white single illustrations that I, I just thought were incredible. And I was like, one day I'm going to get one in the Savage Sword. And then, you know, Dark Horse bought... Uh, <laughs> Dark Horse bought Conan years and years ago and did an incredible job with it. Um, and so I thought Savage Sword was dead, but then they started up that... Uh, that uh, Robert E. Howard uh, Savage Sword book and I think they're reprinting some of the old Savage Sword stories and they're doing new stories as well I know Richard Pace has done some stories for them and stuff so yeah I, I, I asked I, I randomly met uh, uh, the, one, of the edit, one of the editors from Conan um, at, at Fan Expo a couple years ago we got into a conversation about Conan at my table I didn't know who he was he just wandered over and started flipping through my stuff and I had a couple Conan pinups in there and we just got shooting the shit about Conan and uh he basically said, what do you want to do with your life? Like, what do you want to do with comics? You know, and I, I kind of told him my story, and I said, I want to draw pinups for the Savage Sword. I go, it's a really small dream, but it seems like a huge thing. And he just laughed. He goes, well, I think I can make that happen for you. <laughs> kind of. Just flipped, like that. Yeah, flipped his, flipped his badge around, and he was the editor guy. And I didn't know, and then the uh, conversation tone changed a bit. I was like, oh, I'll take a bunch of my stuff, you know. And he's like, no, 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 man. He's like, it's cool. You don't have to do that. And true to his word, he, he uh, called me back and hooked me up with a pinup, which didn't end up publishing until about a year later just because it's a quarterly magazine that had some delays but uh but yeah man i got that in there and then um 
at the same time, I was doing stuff for the Stan Sakai, uh, the, the Yusagi Ujimbo project. I did a piece for that that got in. So, oh, yeah? So that was nice. that was cool. And I'd, all the pieces were for auction, and um, the piece went did well in auction and raised money for... Uh, Stan's wife, who was sick and uh, passing, like sort of terminally ill at the time, and uh, and uh, yeah, so that got me into Dark Horse, just doing some little things like that, and I hope I can do more. And then I got a random phone call back in the summertime in July about doing a cover for the uh, Dynamite and Dark Horse uh, Red Sonia Conan book, and I just about flipped my wig, and uh, it was a shop in Buffalo that had requested a, an, an exclusive cover, and they requested me personally to do the job, which I thought was really nice. Wow. And, that's and, gotta be super rad. Well, the, the cool thing that came out of that was he sent me the the email um, where they basically approved his choice, and they were saying they were you know the, this this retailer eighteen eleven comics in Buffalo, and um, they said he sent, he sent me the email because they basically said oh yeah Mike we're a big fan of his work he uh, he's been green lit to draw Conan and Red Sonya for years, and I read the email and I was just like what I've been hammering on your door for de- a decade trying to get work so I thought that was kind of cool like. Um, you know, it just goes to show sometimes you can sit and pound and pound away at a, at a doorway trying to get in and all it takes is for someone else to come along and whisper quietly in their ear and they open up the door for you. And, hey, right uh, place, right time, man. Yeah, Make man. Make sure you're in the environment of the world you want to be in. Well, that's it, you know. like, like comes together. Basically, don't be a dick and be nice to people and, and, and try to... You know, retailers and, and, and people who sell comics are your friends and you can, uh, you can make great allies in this business by... Uh, by befriending your local comic book shop people and by, you know, by touring around and, uh, and checking out the comic shops around, you know, your neighborhood or in your province. My wife and I once did a tour out east. We just did a drive. And uh, we went out there and basically we just drove from comic shop to comic shop all across from, like, here to through Quebec, through New Brunswick, all the way into Nova Scotia. <laughs> nice. Just to, just to check it out. And um, You must have met so many different types of cool Yeah, you know, some of them were really, like, you know, were re- like Strange Adventures that run by, by Cal out in uh, Nova Scotia. That was an amazing shop. And a few of them stood out. Some of them were kind of hole-in-the-wall places, but I love those places, too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, That's what I love about Altitude States down in Clarkson. Oh, yeah. These guys aren't fancy. Two yep. brothers who've had a shop for 25 years, yep. and they're just in there slinging comics. Just they, keep it yeah. simple, man. I you mean, know? comics should be about comics. Comic and, book and day, free comic book day, none of that, like, you gotta buy one and you get two free, none of that shit. They set up a table, and just put all in. the free comics on it, you line up, take what you want. Yep. And it's just beautiful. That's the way we do it at uh, Comic Connection, too. We don't, uh, we don't ever... We don't ever have any stipulations on that. And I understand it costs the retailers money, but it also usually ends up being our single best day of sales yeah, every it's year. An I mean, yeah, they say that. You, you, you give away a too, shit yeah. ton of comics and you make all these people happy, but then they spend money in your store. Like, I'm always amazed. I sit up there and draw at the shop and I'll kind of look out into the front room and there'll be a lineup going right to the back room. Like, people buying stuff, even though they got an arm full of free comics and they got co- graphic novels and stuff that's on sale. And, uh, oh, yeah. No, we got an awesome shop, man. I'm really proud of the guys at the shop. They do an amazing job. I just wish that we could engage more. Uh, the shop is really becoming a, a, a Magic the Gathering kind of shop. You know, it seems to be the strongest focus. Our, our, biggest, our biggest fan base seems to be... Uh, Magic the Gathering guys, which is cool, but well, you could potentially do so much with that space. You could have something well, just like this. I, I, I actually have been wanting to for a long time. It's just been—it's funny when they changed locations. I was—they uh, used to be right across the street from where I live, and I was like, I can literally wake up and trip right. across the street and be at work. Uh, now they're about a forty-minute walk, which is no problem. But um, they—I uh, was going somewhere with that story. Uh, Using the room for like. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, basically, around the same time they got all this extra space is when my career kind of—I started getting busier with stuff and and started touring more, doing more comic cons. So 
I wasn't working at the shop quite as much. And uh, but yeah, we've talked about it for years. We've had we've had great success when we've had like free comic book day. And we've had artists guests come out. We have so much space. We could get like twenty artists back there and have like Easy. a little mini comic con. And, and the guys all want to do it. It's just a matter of uh, finding a hole in the schedule that we can all we can all work with. You know, um, and and also planning it around a day when there's not a a big magic release or something like that right, because right, those right. are always happening. It I seems, would podcast so. the shit out of it. Well, that'd be fun, like man. I know those guys who want to go. Like I know Ty has actually expressed an interest. Uh, For sure. Ty had even expressed an interest about doing running his courses out of uh, Oakville too at that shop because he's that not, would go. You could totally do a class. He's right? not too far from Oakville. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, and he actually, you know, I think I think it might be preferable than driving into Toronto every day to absolutely to, to do he his loves courses. But this way too, yeah, you know? yeah. So, dude, this thing's turning out. Amazing. Oh, thanks, man. I'm gonna take a look at this. This is the perfect picture here, where we've got pods, pints, <laughs> pod pints, and comic books. It's pretty amazing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Everybody's inking it up today. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't piss around, man. I'm. Uh, I like to ink. It's. Uh, I actually, it's weird. I used to really be heavily into polishing my pencils up, but now I've got to the point where I just like to. Uh, Put the basic, most bare pencils down, and then just let the ink do the right, talking. Right. Um, it's an unbelievable art form, like like to master. Like you know, it's funny. I, a lot of guys do it in different ways. I've always, uh, I mean, I've I um, I used to remember. For, I spent years when I was working for Scholastic and Rubicon Publishing doing comics, like at a, at a breakneck pace. I was always buying like pit pens and different different kinds of tech pens and microns and things trying to figure out what I liked what gave me the best results what gave me the best black what gave me the most solid fills and then I eventually just said piss on it and went back to my brushes and ink and I uh, I never I never looked back but you gotta do what feels right man you know, Mark, um, uh, Mark McKenna is a good friend of the show right on been on a couple times and the shit he's pulled off to like get effects and stuff over his fucking storied career of inking oh, yeah, yeah. he's like dude I've used rocks and oh, yeah, wood and <laughs> well when I was at school we used to have to come up, come up with our own drawing implements sometimes I'd try out different things and uh you know, I did a lot of like uh, drawing with ink, with with mud, with collage, with different things like hunks of. I had this big chunk of mica, which I could I could sh- peel off page thin sheets of this beautiful shimmering mica. I used to stick that all over my drawings. Like That's I used to do all awesome, kinds of crazy man. stuff, but uh, but yeah, I've always felt comfortable with the brush. And my my motto has been like you know, master the brush and master the world. Like there's really. I can pull finer lines with a brush than I ever could pull with a with the finest, you know, uh, micron pen. I I, I feel like I keep it smooth. Yeah, like I, I feel like time. I crush yeah. those pens. I don't feel like I have a I'm not, I'm, I don't have a, a soft enough hand for uh, sure, for using sure. the fine yeah, tools yeah, like yeah. that. You know. What did you do for Scholastic exactly? Um, so it was uh, a lot of stuff. Mostly it was all for Rubicon Publishing, but they did a lot of books that were Scholastic books, Harcourt Publishing books, different uh, different um, children's book publishers. And basically, they hired me as a freelance illustrator for a while. But when they got this contract to do a series of uh, graphic novels, all historically based graphic novels that stretch basically going back as far as caveman days to to now, um, history from all over the world—Japanese, you know, uh, you know, African, like all different kinds of subject matter. Jason Liu actually worked on a book too. Uh, that must have been he, fun. He did. Yeah, the series is called Timeline, and they're all 45-page graphic novels. They would have been more fun if I had more time to do them the budgets were were, were, were decent on that um, it was full time work for me I, I was I was happy I thought I'd made it um, but I did so much and I I did like 50 graphic novels in 6 years 
Damn. And uh, and the, the, the real tragedy <laughs> of that is... How many were in each of those? Uh, they would average between 24 and 44. God damn. So there, I think I did nine. There was a series of nine that I did that were all 45 pages, 44 pages. And they were, yeah, they were done... Um, they were done every six weeks, basically. And uh, pencils, inks, and colors. My wife would sometimes help me with the flatting if I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, which I was <laughs> most of the time. Um, in those in those years, I didn't take any breaks at all. I didn't take birthdays. I didn't take weekends. I, I didn't have the option. Like deadlines were were my master, and I uh, yeah, I didn't. You're I, making your move too. You know, and but the problem is, you know, I did probably over a thousand pages of sequential art, and. There's there's maybe a few dozen pages of that that I would consider even remotely useful in terms of looking for work now in comics because uh, they were they were historical based they were set to different age groups and as a result they were not they didn't always require uh, a style or a or a treatment like I'm doing right now which is a little maybe more of a realistic style or more of a sure you know sure, yeah. you know it was it was more kitted down kind of dumbed down a little bit right on yeah um, and I'll be honest with you like at the time I was just happy to have work. But I, uh, I was the, the work was miserable, and the art direction had some challenges. I worked with amazing art directors, but they, very often the higher ups or the people who were distributing the books would have a final say after the book was complete, and we'd have situations where I would have finished a book like a pirate book, we'll say, and it'd be 45 pages, and it'd be inked and finished and all ready to go, and colored, and then I send it off, and then the distributor would be like, you know what? In this region, we can't sell this book because it's got guns in it. Oh. And so I'd have to. They'd have to go back in and Photoshop out all the pistols, all the sabers, all the Jolly Roger skulls off the flags. Some boring, lame-ass pirates. It was horrible, man. <laughs> and, and and they would sometimes get to the point where they had to do so many edits like that that they wouldn't even tell me because they knew I would just fly into a fit. Because you know, if you want to make changes like that, that's fine. But make them at the pencil stage. Don't make them because I never got compensated for doing the extra work. You know and. It was. It just seemed like book after book, it didn't fail. There was always a moment where I would hand the artwork in, and it would come back. Oh, dude, uh, we need you to change every page because there's a sword on every page, or there's a whatever. Yeah, that could be stressful. And it was, it was sure, brutal, right? man. Like I felt like I had my balls cut off like every week or every time I handed in a book. Because when you get a book done, you spent that much time with the pages. You've penciled it, you've inked it, now you've colored it. You're basically not even human anymore. <laughs> And then you get the book sent off, and you finally have that moment to rest. And then the first email that comes back is, uh, "We got to take every gun out of every page," or, you know, "We have to change this character's hat on every page because the hat is offensive to somebody, group of people, or or whatever it might be." And and it would just be like some inane thing like that that would just, you know, it yeah. just it, it just destroyed me. Like it just it just really made the job hard. And uh, must have been a bit of relief to get out of something like that. Then. Well, as was, much as it's nice to have a job. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was a good job because I got to work from home, and I I don't drive, and I uh, getting traveling can be difficult for me sometimes. So it was nice just to be able to wake up and, and get drawing every day. But like I said, I worked so much that I lost all sense of my life. I, I, I a decade, seven years went by where I barely saw my family. Jesus, I brought work with me on my. You know, when I say holidays, we go to visit my parent, my, my parents or my my wife's parents in in Quebec uh, for Christmas, and I would bring work with me. My honeymoon, during, during yeah, dinner my my honeymoon, I brought work with me on my honeymoon. Oh, not the honeymoon. Which, man. dude, let me tell you, that couldn't have gone over well. You should never ever do that because that never goes away. It's a thing that never goes away. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You hold that till you're dead. And, you know, and like we, my wife and I get along amazingly well. But like, you know, it's like any couples when you have your moments, it's like, well, yeah. you took work with you on our honeymoon, and you know, no, that's not true. She's she's super cool, but uh, 
No, but it's one of those things that I think about and I regret, you know. I mean, that was our honeymoon. I shouldn't have had to work, but you got well, right? to pay for these things sometimes. Deadlines Keep don't mind, care. Keep in mind, you make it up later, you know. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what I tend to find, so. And deadlines just don't care at the end of the day. So what's on the horizon now, then? What are you looking forward to for the next year? For the next year, I'm actually, it's going to be an interesting year. I've got a couple of uh, irons in the fire right now. I don't have a lot of the news on them yet, but uh, if, uh, if things go well, I will find myself... Uh, employed basically full-time making comics um i can't really say for who or anything like that right now but it's uh i'm excited about it i uh i don't have a hundred percent guarantee on that yet but what it'll mean positive yeah what it'll mean is i'm going to be doing a lot less conventions coming up i uh i've spent the last three years on tour i have uh kind of burned myself out a little bit but i've laid good tracks down for um you know meeting people and getting people ready for my comic which I hope we'll be able to come out in 2016, but with all these different things in the fire right now, I really, uh, the future of Widow's Wake is, is, is uncertain right now. I really want to get it done just to get it done, but I want to get it done my own way, and I don't want to, the artwork to sacrifice or to be suffer just because I... Okay, so this is your personal book? Yeah, it's my you, personal you've book. you've made the sketchbook for. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it's Widow's Wake. It's a, it's a Viking horror story. It's... It's um it's had a tremendous support from like friends and fans online and stuff. For, well, it the book doesn't exist yet. Man. Thanks, man. Come on. I'm excited about it. I just hope I can get it get to it. My wife's been doing a lot of the script writing and uh, it's been it's been awesome. But you know she works full time and I also work as a janitor full time when I'm not doing comics. So sure, I, um, sure. I'm the super of a building, so I end up spending a lot of time. You know, cleaning up and fixing toilets. Oh yeah, and, and that's and not something where you know that's something that you can get called a, like out of hour type stuff. Oh dude, it's a twenty four seven job. Yeah, sure, eh? it's, it's Kool Aid Man time by the nice. way. Nice. Uh, I'm sweating like. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's uh, I don't know. I, I love what I do when I get to do it, but this coming year it's going to be a lot reduced or a lot intensified. It'll be more intense in the studio and less intense on tour. The only shows I have guaranteed. Uh, for 2016 so far uh, are returning to Halifax uh, for Halcon in 2016 right on. and uh, Niagara Falls uh, which is one of my favorite shows Niagara Falls Comic Con I keep hearing that and I have yet to do it so I'm going to make sure not well, to miss it this year I'm a St. Catharines boy so for me being able to go to New York Niagara Falls I run into my old high school friends I run into grade school friends right like it's on. a it's an amazing show and they, they always get a good lineup of guests it, it, I mean it, like many other shows, has moved away from comics as a feature, which is just the way the world is turning right now. Um, but they still get a decent lineup of comics guests, and uh, you know, it's a uh, it's it's a good show in that regard. And um, yeah, yeah people I know have been there and like had a blast. I mean, it's like oh, yeah. a really fun show too. I've had yeah, it's That's lots of fun. That's all I keep hearing, so I regret it's lots that I've fun. missed the past like two no, years. No, don't miss the next one. It's it's really really good. Right, it's worth right. going just for a day even. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they they do well. Um, there's a lot of good snatch shows. a little press in that situation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. A lot of these bigger cons, it's impossible to get press at. Yeah, no, I, pod, you can't vet a podcast, right? Yeah. So it could be some kid in his pajamas in his basement, absolutely talking shit. <laughs> yeah. No, it's worth doing though. It's a good show. Um, definitely check it out if you can. No, that's on the slate. I got a busy year next year. I plan on the uh, Motor City. Denver. Motor City is one I've always wanted to do. Oh man. my God, is it incredible! I've heard it's a great show. It's, it's the best co- convention out there. It's What's my the, absolute uh, favorite convention? Really? What's the down. date of it? It's, uh, I believe, the week before May two four. 
Okay. No, is it May 2-4? Yeah, I think they have it on May 2-4 because I always get the Monday off to relax because when the show closes Sunday, everybody's like, oh, I got to go to work. And I'm like, no, I got a whole extra day to drive home from Michigan, you know? I've but, wanted to do it for years, but if that weekend, if it's the one, it might be the same weekend as the East Coast Comic Con, which is the one out in Moncton that... Um, that uh, Nick Bradshaw and his boys run out there, and I'm right really on. stoked about doing that show. I'm going to go this year with my wife, and uh, I'm hoping that... Um See, the cool thing about Motor City is the hotel that everyone stays in is literally attached to the convention center. Yeah, I've heard that's nice. Like, it yeah, literally, that's... the bar bleeds into the, the show. So it's a 20, it's a three-day, 24-hour Comic-Con. That's awesome. That's what's great. If you didn't catch them on the floor, you'll catch them in the bar to sure. say hello or whatever, and... Some of the best interviews I've done on this podcast have been at like two in the morning on the patio by the fire with drunken celebrities and artists. I love that. Just man. ready to spill it, you know? Yeah, you know, I've had some great experiences at Comic Cons where I've got to meet heroes and idols of mine uh, at these shows that, you know, I, I never thought I'd ever have the nerve to walk up and say hi to, but uh, the community is so strong and so great. I mean, I. Uh, I mean, there's a, lo- there's a lot of guys that come to mind, um, like Biz and Mark Texiera are two guys that I worshipped as a, as a guy and a teenager, and I've gotten to know them both very well at shows, and they're just two of the coolest guys in the yeah, world, man, and they're yeah. very, they're, they're, their work is so amazing and they were so influential on me, and, uh, and to sit and drink wine, like I remember at the Heroes Con, we, we drank to the close the bar and the, the, the Hyatt or whatever the hotel, I think it was the Marriott, um, we were sitting around, there was, I mean, I don't want to name drop a bunch of people, but there was some comic book royalty that came and sat at a table and drank with us. Oh, sure. And um, one of those guys was Mark Texiera, and he sat down, and um, they had the bar was closed, so he opened up a backpack and had, like, bottles of wine. He's like, well, let's have some wine. And so we're sitting in the hotel oh, lobby drinking wine with, yeah, you know, yeah. and it was just a nice night. Like, it was a really nice evening. And uh, Dude, so I'm sitting there, and I'm in Motor City. I'm at the show, right? It's in Novi, suburban showplace, collector's place or something. And, you know, everybody, it's evening, yep. and it's Friday night. Sorry, it's Thursday night, so it's the night before the show starts, right? And there's not too many people around, so I decide just to go out on the patio and have a smoke. And I walk over to the fire, and there's no one on the patio but one person. And this one person is sitting by the fire with his feet up, smoking a giant cigar, enjoying a whiskey sour. Nice. Who is it? Scott Wilson. Oh, Herschel of The Walking Dead. Very cool. And just sat there for the next three hours drinking with this guy by the fire as he's having whiskey sours and smoking cigars. Casually, I didn't ask him for an interview, nothing. He took a picture with me by the end of the night, but (laughs) other than that, just chilling. And, you know, they're such nice, relaxed people most of the time. Yeah, I've never met the guy, but I heard he's an incredibly nice man. Oh, and uh, and he will remember you. Oh, yeah. He saw me in Denver a couple months later, and he actually was like... Michigan. I was like, yeah. Well, he was uh, he was at a show um, in Ottawa, the Pop Expo, which they're having next weekend, actually this year. But it was the first Pop Expo two years ago, and it was uh, Norman Reedus was the big the big guest right, of that show. He always is. And while everyone was in line for Norman, the other guests had pretty much you know pretty sparse lines. It wasn't a very super well advertised show, so it was it was kind of like hurting for attendance a little bit. That was a weekend I was sitting with Howard Chaykin all weekend, which was just mind-blowing. But yeah. but the cool thing was the Walking Dead guys, Herschel among them, um, just, just wandered around. They were trading art. They were trading. They were checking out artwork. They were trading signatures for artwork. They were just like, all yeah. my friends got their pictures with the, stat, with the, the whole crew. Think about how comfy these people are at cons now, too. 
You know what I mean? Like it's they're you know they're they're so used to just hanging around that they're so relaxed. Yeah, which is super cool into itself. You know? Oh so, yeah, man. No, it's yeah. That's what's great about Motor City though is they do seriously still push the comics. Yep. It is a comic con. There's everything else there too, but very comic centric guests and stuff like that. And a big horror con. They always have a lot of Walking Deaders. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, but just the connection, like you know. And also, there's a thing in Michigan. A lot of I've heard it compared lately to the '90s grunge scene, because there's this like rooted support structure going on in Michigan where every artist there just wants to see every other artist do well. Yep. And and hold each other up, and it's it's a beautiful thing going on there, and I see it starting to grow here, with you know folks getting more you know into their scene and and Shea pulling sh- awesome shit like this. Oh like, yeah, it's great. No, you know? I love this kind of stuff. There's yeah. definitely a lot of little comic cons happening and little comic things happening, which is which is awesome. I'm afraid it's. I think I, mean, I think over time it's it's, it's kind of. Well, I don't know how to say this, really. I love the fact that they exist. I love the fact that there's so much out there for everyone who doesn't get to go to the big Comic-Con. You can go to a right. thing like this with no, no, you know, pints and pages, no attendance fee. You just come and hang out and jam with artists and hang out or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think there's just too many shows these days, man. And I oh, think around here, uh, we don't realize how spoiled we are. There's an insane amount of shows that go on in southern Ontario. There's oh, yeah. There's something you can do, like, art or comic-wise every fucking weekend. It just it's seems good, like... Though. We have such a rich community with the schools yep. and the education. And the, the museums, the galleries, like oh, I mean, comics history is city, comics yeah. history is so rooted in Canada, and, and so I mean, it's so great to see uh, so much interest these days. I mean, it's 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 weird. It's like this thing that was a secret club that I felt I belonged to as a kid is now everyone's club, and it's yeah, it's a yeah. really strange transformation of you know. Uh, um, a different perspective now, for sure. Um, but it's it's cool. It's interesting. And, oh, dude, uh, I do this list a lot, but you know, to make people understand. But I mean, you're talking within an hour of where we're sitting right now. Basically, you've got David Finch, Jay Fabok, you've got Robert Bailey, you've got Ty Templeton, you've got just all ridiculous, like Dave Ross, like Jason Liu. Yeah, <laughs> like just retarded, <laughs> retarded amounts of oh, crazy yeah. stuff going on. You got the whole there, Raid you know? studio. You got the whole, I mean, it's just incredible. Hot and uh, are you, you familiar with Anthony Rutgazer? Uh, I feel like I've read his name. The first like... hero just came out from Action Lab this year. He's working on Volume Two right now. Mm, I don't think I've checked that out. Uh, he's no. also a local Toronto wrestler. Actually, at this very moment, he's uh, performing his last match. Oh no, kidding! Because he's retiring to do comics full time now that he's Action wow. Lab guy, right? Being so, a wrestler was my dream, man. Yeah, uh, Anthony Kingdom James. That's cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've known this guy for 15 years. He's been a really good friend, and that's been his absolute utter dream is to make comics. That's awesome. And he's always been tight with George and the guys all over at Silver Snail. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all good people And, there, you know, he just kept pushing. Would not give up. Kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And finally, Action Lab was like, you know what? I think we like it. And, and there it was. It was that easy and I'm so happy for him. I couldn't even, you know. No, when you see when you I, see that kind of, those kind of success stories, like, and it goes back to, you know, what do you want to do? You want to make comics? Well, go make comics then. Yeah. There's no breaking into comics. You right. Just make them. Absolutely. Make yeah. comics, and, and people will notice. And we've got kind of myths growing. Steven yeah. Berger. Yeah. The talk. Yeah, yeah. I know talk Steven. comes out, and poof. Yeah. Like a dragon, magic dragon. He's gone into the clouds. And while he's gone, he's his books winning awards. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. you know, incredible. He, he like, was in every show I'd gone to. Yeah. I talked to him all the time. Talk was the talk of the town. Yep. And this huge, crazy genius thing that comes out. Everybody loves it. It's a big hit, and boom, he's gone. Yep. 
Like, I want to make shirts that say, where is Steven Berger? Like, he's coming back, though, is man. He? He's coming back. Yeah, he's just been on tour. He's just, uh, he traveled to... Uh, he has been all over there. All over Asia, and uh, he came back very briefly and then was back again. Like, he's in India now, and um, he's there with his with his lady, and uh, we're loving life. But as like, no social media? Like, not even, like... No, he's gone. I think I got him on Facebook. I think I, I got think him on... he closed his Twitter account. He may have. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Which, I, I don't know why, but I mean, like, that was... Everybody was so excited about Tom. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it came... Out and was just like you say, award winning. My wife loved it. I I loved it. It's one of the only books I've read in years that I actually laughed out loud while I was reading it like like gut laughed like dropped yeah. I had to put the book down I laughed so hard <laughs> and like I haven't had that happen since like you know I read um, it's hard to do I don't know comic like, like Chip Zdarsky's like comic, uh, 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 prison funnies you know that that's some funny like I'm not a, co- a comedy comics guy but man talk was just a unique thing oh and, yeah, uh, yeah no I'm really glad I picked it up we were we were uh, neighbors at a fan expo years ago and we got to chatting towards the end of the show when I picked it up and man that was like the, the, the treasure of that weekend was getting that book and and then who knew like you know short time later it was getting you know winning awards and yeah, yeah. super super nice guy epic beard uh, just a, a cool what what weird what he grew a beard he had a beard when I met him. He was a monster, crazy beard, and uh, yeah, I think we kind of had a beard bond moment. I have moment never and, uh, known him to have a beard. Really? Yeah, never knew him to have a beard. That's totally first crazy. time I met him. He had a crazy beard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. See, I got. I'll have to get a pic of your beard. I got a, a buddy uh, in the tree business and ginger as well. Yep. Mighty, not quite at your length yet. Sure, sure. But you know, if you cut like. Say four inches off your beard, you guys pretty much got the same. <laughs> and he changed his Facebook to be for his beard. Nice. So now the profile is Jim's beard. Awesome. And the pictures and stuff are all of the beard doing various things. This guy pulled one of the greatest fucking moments of my entire life. I'm at a buddy's party, having some beers and some drinks, right? And I'm, you know, I get pretty chatty, which is evident after a couple of months. Sure. I've only had the one so far, kids. But, um, I'm standing there, and I'm blabbing, blah, blah, blah. And he's just standing there looking at me, you know, and he's kind of just staring at my face, shaking his head up and down like this. As I'm talking, he just goes like this, reaches into his beard, pulls out like a four-inch dube, puts it in his mouth and lights it, and just yep. keeps listening to my story. And it was one of the greatest party moments. I love those. I, oh, I, I used to... I used to beard um, I used to be a savage drunk in my younger, when I was a young, dashing man, and I used to, uh, <laughs> I used to drink an awful lot. My gin and tonic was my drink, and I, um, I used to keep all the straws in my beard all night to to, <laughs> to, to remember how many that I've had. And I mean, there was one night I think I had something like forty-two straws in my in oh, my in my beard. And like that's great. It was great. Yeah. Counting things is fun. Uh, friends were down from Michigan for Fan Expo. Yeah, and uh, they bought counters like clickers, like step clickers. Okay, yeah. And uh, what they counted over the weekend was how many times they heard the word "sorry." <laughs> you know how here it's more like we don't say "excuse me" or "excuse me" is "sorry." Yep. And that's just the terminology we use. Yep. So by the end of the weekend, I think between the two of them, they had clicked like 169 sorries over like two days. That's amazing. Yeah, or something. I just thought it was a great idea. Unsurprising, too. This was at Fan Expo, so there was a lot of clicks to be made, you know? Lots of, yeah, lots of stupid lines and people apologizing. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Awesome. Now you're on to Spidey. Yeah, yeah. This is another one, another request for the same guy, actually. And uh, Who's your fave to draw just straight up? Superhero-wise, um, I've always loved drawing monsters and stuff like that. So I guess anytime I get a request for Swamp Thing, 
Uh, I like I like drawing Swamp Thing or any any kind of like you know the thing, any kind of monster, creatures like that. Uh, There's an artist out there called Sean Langley. Okay. Which is a Rapid City, a couple other things. He does an insane Swamp Thing. Yeah, that's cool, man. Oh, it is. It's one of the most beautiful like, I saw variations I've seen. Matteo Scalera today. He just posted one, and I I don't think I've ever seen a better Swamp Thing in my life. Like, nice, uh, nice. it's just up on his Instagram now. But I uh, I saw it before I got here today, and I was like, why do I even draw? When I look at that. <laughs> guy's work man i'm just like why do i even draw some like he's so he's so good um so much life and energy and it was just this simple swamp thing bust but the way he treated the foliage and just the different little you know details like i was like man go check it out anyway you put the colored flowers on there like the tiny little colored flowers oh, that's it. i think it's great oh yeah yeah i don't think you can do swamp thing without that dark deep Shades of green and ink and everything, but then if you dabble like a little tiny purple or pink flower, yeah, somewhere, or like little white butterflies yeah, like, or something yeah, like that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, he's one of my favorites to draw. I mean, Batman and Wolverine and stuff like that, I draw a lot. I hate drawing Deadpool, but I get an infinite requests for Deadpool, so I. I try to make people happy, so I drew a lot of Deadpool. But uh, oh, Deadpool is kind of a I, 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 once in a while I get a Conan request. I've had three Conan requests this year, and they make me so happy. My heart just well, where sings. Where does the where the Voltron Conan as Voltron print idea come from? Like, <laughs> so that was uh, a guy in New York City who gets a piece from me every time I go to the con. There, he uh, every year it's always a really cool request, and he he um, one year he wanted. Um, Oh, he, he one year he just came to my table. He's like, "Hey, what's your favorite? What's your favorite comic?" I said, "Conan." He goes, "What's your favorite uh, supervillain?" I said, uh, "Sabretooth." He's like, "All right, draw me Sabretooth if he appeared in a Conan comic." And so I'm like, I get requests like that. So I would just do stuff like that all the time. And then he came to me last year and was like, "Hey, uh, I'm a big Voltron guy, but I know you don't like to draw robots." He's like, "Can you draw me a Voltron? Maybe put your own spin on it." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." So we kind of <laughs> chatted a little bit, and I, I had this concept, and it took me about a year to get to the piece because my commission list in 2013 got very long. I actually still have a few things from 2013. I'm still working on. I hate that it's taken that long to get them done, but sometimes it's the way it goes. Yeah. But um, he anyway, he had this Voltron request, and um, while I was working on it, they just. Uh, an idea for a pitch came, like a, like a pitch uh, kind of came to mind uh, for a comic, and I thought, you know, Dynamite's got the, the Voltron uh, license now, and I thought, you know, maybe they'll do something cool, but I, I, um, I'm not a big robot Voltron guy or whatever, but I, I love the show I as a kid. So I, uh, I just thought it's a thousand years after, you know, the, the great Robeast War, Voltron has, uh, has fallen um, the last of Hagar's black magic summoned the most powerful robeast of all and <laughs> while Voltron was able to defeat it all the pilots uh, were, were, were killed in the psychic blast that followed this creature's death and so the, the, the Voltron disassembled dropped the blazing sword which remained on fire for a thousand years just burning on this mountainside and uh and so Dude. humanity has fallen to ruin because all the bits of robeast that landed on the earth just melted and absorbed into the earth and poisoned the landscape. So the vegetation's all gone haywire. Animals are mutants. People are mutating when they're being born. <laughs> Dude, your backstory for one picture is better than half the comics out there. Well, what the hell? And can then, you do that? Like, can you story that? Like, do it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm working on the pitch. So basically, the idea is that uh, it's dynamite. You'd have to convince. Yeah. So like the wow. li the lions have all the, oh. when Voltron broke apart, the lions all ran on autopilot until they depowered and just collapsed in a heap. Dude, this is fucking genius. And then they landed in different parts of the world or different parts of a world and. Uh, 
and over time they were consumed by nature so like vines and wreckage and you know trees started to grow out of the wreckage of these old uh, these old um, lions mechs which have essentially become like um, they become like uh, like like temples almost so people started to unite around these lions and tribes were formed about these lions and basically humanity is in such a bad state that they needed someone to unite them they needed a king to unite the people against the evil that is now you know run amok on this destroyed world a thousand years after Voltron fell and so they have a king and a king a, a man from the north comes and unites the five tribes and wears the five colors and, and basically a piece of the of the blazing sword is busted off and, and reforged into a sword that can be wielded by a man or a woman and uh, and that's it it's, it's basically Voltron like you know holy crap dude I want to read that like there's no fucking tomorrow that's absolute genius you know well, that right it's just kind of a simple story but I uh, that's that's a simply brilliant story oh thanks man like, it doesn't need to be detailed when you have just like a, a set base plot like that I think it'd just be that's fun that's a fucking great idea that's a fun one shot super fun man. I'd love to draw that so oh man I hope that they fucking are open <laughs> to that a bit man that would be absolutely insane we'll see how it goes that almost like if they don't that might require like <laughs> pseudonym underground comic action, man. Like it might have some fun in that. Fan in that, thick in at that, least or something, something like right? that. Yeah, it was super fun to draw. That's all I know. And I think uh, you know, just as an idea, it's, every t- every person I've told the idea to gets you know they're Voltron fans. They kind of give me the same response you did. So. That's good feedback Dude, to have. Dude, it's brilliant. So. It's taking it somewhere where it kind of needs to go. Because we're all man. still dying for a movie and one to be done right. Like, <laughs> treated seriously, too. Not like a Power Rangers type thing. Well, I finally, know, so. saw, I finally saw Pacific Rim. I thought it was excellent. I haven't seen it yet either, actually. No, go check it so out, I, man. I, yeah, uh, I should. If they can do that, they can do a Voltron movie. That's all I could. That's, that's what I walked away from that movie experience from was like... You know that they can make a Voltron film if they can make that because that worked. Like it was yeah. great. You know, oh, dude, really yeah. great. I'm, uh, oh, so I don't know which Voltron they do, and they'd probably Americanize it, and it'd probably become all weird. But thing is, the Voltron that we grew up with was the Americanized version of a completely different show. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, totally I, I don't know anything show. about it. Yeah. I just uh, what I've heard from Voltron guys is like, yeah, it's a totally different show. It has oh, yeah, nothing it's a to way do with different idea. It's much know. more. It's a much better idea once they kind of they kind of streamlined it a bit. You know what I mean? For, like, the American version sure. kind of thing. So. Mike, uh, Ruth, where can they get your stuff? Where can they see you and meet you in, um, in, on, well, in the online existence? Well, I'm known on uh, Instagram and Twitter under the handle Uncouth Ruth. Uh, my name is spelled R-O-O-T-H, not R-U-T-H. And it's actually pronounced Ruth and not Roth, not Booth. It's actually an R. It's How would it be Ruth? What? You'd be surprised, man. Really? I've been asking myself that question for years, but everyone gets my name wrong. Now my wife has that joy because she took my name, <laughs> and uh, so uh, she gets she gets to experience that. But yeah, uncouth Ruth on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I have a very clunky old website, which is just mikeruth.com. It hasn't been updated in a very long time because I'm not a very tech savvy person. But I uh, <laughs> I mainly use lazy internet things like uh, like. Instagram and, and uh, right Twitter to get my stuff up there, but nice. and I have a shop online, uh, Mike Ruth at BigCartel.com, and it got prints and uh, you know you can order. You will be able to order commissions from there soon, and uh, yeah, very yeah. very cool, man. I'm sure I'm going to be seeing much more of you around. Well, I hope so, man. And, I, uh, uh, yeah, come back anytime. We'll do our own little one-on-one uh, ah, on again. Well, actually, I think we actually just did pretty much an episode unto itself, just sitting here enjoying pints well, that's and cool, man. pages. And uh, I'm going to put a picture up later of this fucking Batman Sweet. that Mike just did, and you can all see the masterfulness. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, thanks, man. Well, you know what? If you know, you know where uh, Comic Connection is on 
on uh, Well, what is rad is what I'm trying to do is just so many people I've talked to over three years, I'm always doing Skype interviews. Okay. Because they're in other areas. But now I'm starting to get to know more folks who are local. Sure. And you, being on my way to work, it doesn't get much more local. So, yeah, we'll yeah. meet up uh, for yeah. a pint or a coffee. Well, and I, I would like to have a, I'd like to have an event at the Comic Connection as well. I'm and, down, uh, man. You know I'm you know, there. We'll so. co- there's lots of comic guys around, man. That's the thing. There's even some guys in Oakville. Ken Lashley's only in Burlington. Like Ken Lashley... Uh, uh, I've, well, my buddy Nixon, I'll tell you about him sometime, big art dealer, X-Man guy. And uh, he's in the tree biz as well. And he met Lashley just getting him to do work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just came up, the tree biz. So Lashley was like, I need my trees done, man. <laughs> so, oh, really? So you want to trade art for tree work? Absolutely. <laughs> and he got to go to his house, do his trees, and see his studio. Oh, that's and awesome. get a tour of the way he works. and. Nicest dude, Lashley. Absolutely. Ken is a, is yeah, a sweetheart, yeah. man. One of my yeah. favorite people, for sure. We are lucky as shit in this area to have all this genius. No, and man, we really are. We we're really just are. coming up, man. People got to stop recognizing the T dot <laughs> and uh, how we run it all, yo. Yeah, so, uh, lots going on, man. Yeah. Very cool, Mike. Thank you. My pleasure, dude. Have a good one. You too. Sean Daly and I just having crazy realizations to ourselves <laughs> while he sits here inking a job for. Someone he has no idea who the hell of. Yeah, it's uh, well. I I know he's from Las Vegas, and I know him and his brother are have been great to work with so far. That's awesome. Yeah, you have so much on the go. Yeah, it never ends, which is good. You know, one of the coolest things about this podcast actually has been able to track you. <laughs> me. Yeah. Why well, me? you were on first year, first fan expo yeah. special I ever did. <laughs> Oh, cool. I didn't yeah. know that was Yeah, yeah, first. yeah. Well, I've done three now. Cool. Yeah, I think this year was our third annual. Yeah. And you've been on both. Yeah. And you had just kind of started. You know, you were just about, what, just under over two years in or something. Yeah. And you just started your at-home stapling together terror quilts. <laughs> yeah. And you had your box of watercolors. That was, was as simple a start as that. Yeah. Now, terror quill is a very nicely printed collection thank you and you're working on so many things you can barely remember what (laughs) yeah that's right yeah it's been a a long few years great few years though i wouldn't trade it for anything it's been uh it's been a nice steady climb for you yeah and not just in yeah i know you're modest so it's hard for you to hear this kind of shit but it, it has taken you a far way just being the nice fellow that you are and that goes far for everybody, though. I'm, you know, like the nicer you are, the farther you'll get. I mean, that's... a lot of artists miss that. They do that. I guess so. I mean, you know? it's not really something you decide. I, I don't think it's just. I don't think so. I like. I, I well, don't no, know. I'm not. Yeah, it's not like you're a douche. Be like, I'm going to make sure I'm nice. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it does help out that you're known for being, you know, an affable guy. You know. Well, that's that's nice to hear. That's... I always put you up as. Being more Canadian than most Canadians. <laughs> Is that right? Well, you're also you're a you're you're a lesson in humility. Something that Miss Ronda Rousey ex- received in extreme measures last yeah. night. <laughs> How about that? That was uh, that was a lot of fun. It's uh, we were talking earlier. It's so satisfying to see the underdog <laughs> yeah. win. You know, yeah. Especially when she got as pompous as she did. Like, well, come on now, that, Floyd Mayweather. What? That wasn't just a win, though. That was. That was a game. Like that was the biggest upset, and you know, one of the biggest do you think upsets. It was bigger than the Weidman Silva. Yeah, I kind of do. do. Just you? I do because 
you know, not that this sh- like should matter that much, but she was kind of the first woman in UFC True. to really take off and become, you know, especially right now with kind of, you know, it's. I think it's just way more important now yeah. than, you know, especially, yeah. More culturally significant. There you go. You're saying. That's, you. that's the one. Totally. Yeah. You have, uh, you got your skills in the female figure drawing, which I know is tough for a lot of artists. <laughs> um, I wonder if that'll ever come up as, like, something you get to showcase, you know? I hope so. Yeah? I hope so. Do you I... feel any difference? Like, did you have, do you have to try harder to draw a woman, or does it come naturally... Does no. it feel natural as you're on a man? I mean, I don't think I have to try harder, but I do actually enjoy drawing the female figure way more than... Just smoother. Female. Yep, so many curves, so many... Why do you think you know. so many people have such difficulty with it? I don't know. I can't... I, I've actually never thought about that, so I can't really answer. It's very true, though. Like, it's... Yeah. I hear it all the time. No, you know, when... Some people are really known for their... I don't... See, I don't understand why, because if you can draw a male figure with enough practice, then you can draw a female figure with enough practice. With enough practice, but it seems to take more practice to get the female right. I guess it's... I think it's a... It's like we're saying, it's a more fluid form to have to, you know. There are a lot. And if you want to draw a proper woman rather than just, <laughs> yeah. you know, a giant, big-breasted, you know, heavy metal-looking. See, that's easy. Type. Yeah, yeah, that's, a lot that's easier, easy. Yeah, right? no, I mean, it's um, yeah. I, I guess there's a lot more intricacies involved in female proportions, and you know, like I said, a lot of different curves and whatnot. But way more fun. Yeah. Way yeah, more right? fun. Yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. So, what's on the uh, agenda for the year? Uh, I'm going to finish up all these work for hire projects, and then take a little bit of a break, and start drawing the next Terraquil book nice. in January. It's already written. It's all figured out. Oh yeah. Script's done. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. That's what the last year has been about, basically. I, how much? How, we've never talked much about your writing. So, how much go, like, where's the ratio there? How much time do you spend actually writing rather than drawing? Because I know, like, you draw 24-7, like... Yeah, the writing is the same thing. Are you jumping back and forth, are you... Yeah, it's, like, the day is divided almost equally between the two. So, you so set, do you set an actual schedule yeah, for yourself, yeah. or do you do it as you feel like doing No, I'll wake up, the first thing I'll do is actually write. Um, and then spend a few hours waking up, drinking like coffee and, sure, and writing yeah, yeah. and exercising my mind. And then after that, the rest of the day is all just drawing. I, a lot of people like the writing first thing in the morning. Yeah, like it's a stream, great way to like wake up. A lot up. of people I've heard, uh, even just like the stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Just once you wake up, just start writing all that weird... Cause you know when you wake up, your brain's starting to collect the data yeah, and process right. yesterday's data and you know cross it over with what's happening today's data and, yep. you know i yeah i hear that quite a bit just pure stream of consciousness you know it's, yeah it's i think the best way to start a morning even if you don't you know do you write a lot of stuff other than terraquil that is kind of collected to the side then yeah like, there's you, a, oh, yeah? a lot of stuff yeah. okay you got a brain trust going then. yeah just a big folder of different ideas and whatnot um, so yeah, there's always kind of something going on on the writing front, but you know, do you, I, I, do, you do you write by hand? Yeah, I find a lot of artists do that. Yeah, they skip the computer. Yeah, they skip the typewriter. <laughs> yeah, they prefer the long hand. You know? I uh, yeah, for sure. Which is 
I think it's, you know, it's actually even good to warm up for drawing, writing longhand. Oh, I'm sure. But, like, if you don't store your stuff properly, it's just your room is, or your studio is just a mess. Yeah, yeah. Just paper everywhere. Have you found, I mean, we, I kid you for being messy. Stuff. I mean, it's not that bad. We just like to play up no, the fun of your like, watercolor You madness. don't know. So, yeah, it gets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's bad. I mean, I, it's an organized chaos. Though, okay. Because I look at it, and I know where everything is, yeah. but if someone walked into my room, they would just faint. Do you live like, alone? Do you have roommates? Or? I live with my best friend. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, does your does the art spill into the common areas? He's an artist, too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Is anyone we know? or? Um, he's here. <laughs> what? Who? Um, there he is. That guy. That guy? Yeah. That's your roommate? Yeah. What's his name? Sean. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Worked Sean out what? Well. Does he do anything? Or? He's an animator at, oh. at a studio down here in Toronto. Very cool. Yeah. So it's kind of like an artist house. Okay. We have, and it's nice because we can share art supplies. And yeah. If I'm at a paper, he's got Ooh. some. If he needs markers, I got some. So that's perfect. It's nice. That's very nice. Where yeah. did you guys meet? Like, did you know each other beforehand? Or? Yeah, since we were 17. So oh, okay. We've known each other a while now. Did you? Are you educated anyway? Like past high school? Did you do? Any art college or anything like that or uh, I took sound technology right you were pure music and I audio I was all music stuff. yeah right. and audio yeah, production yeah. does he ever consider like taking any kind of thing to help you out or brush no. up no, <laughs> no. <laughs> not even like a Ty Templeton boot camp I wanted thing? to do that I That'd just could, cool. I couldn't afford it and I didn't have the time right and, I, and the thing is which is really sad about that is that his workshops are so lenient for like time management and they're so af- affordable yeah so you know I wish. Yeah, I, but you're I, one of the awesome epitomes of starving artists. You know what I mean? Like, which is cool that you're. Although things are changing, obviously, <laughs> which is great, and we all knew it was coming, man. I knew it was a matter of time. It's been fun. Or it was just like I'm too busy. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what's going on? You know. Yeah, it's nice to. And you, busy. we were talking actually yesterday that you're Toronto born and raised, right? Uh, Scarborough. You're Toronto born. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and you're one of the very few. Because uh, when I'm talking to everybody, like, there's all the Brampton crew. We got the Kitchener. We yeah. got fucking London. And all around. You're one of the pure Torontonians. Yeah. Like, yeah, I grew up in the city. Know, and, yeah. I can't even think of anybody else who sticks out. Like, Where's... Templeton's down in Clarkson, right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Lashley's out Burlington Way. Like, yeah. I don't know many actual Jason Liu. I don't know. I'm sure he's actually. I don't know. I'll have to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. You're it, man. You're the man. I you're, can't, you're I can't the, be you're the, the only t- one. You are. You're the T dot artist. I man. refuse to you know? accept that responsibility. Well, if you can come up with another that responsibility, <laughs> yeah, that's not. I don't know about that. I really, sure. I couldn't name you another. I'm really going through my head right now. And uh, that's fascinating. He, well, Anthony is a Toronto kid, but uh, a writer. Yeah. So I don't really count that, but yeah. Uh, what's his name? Marvin Law. Marvin Maybe. Law. Maybe. You know him? No. Inker extraordinary. You really, really, really need to come out oh, from yeah? your table once in a while, yeah, Sean well, Bailey. That's, <laughs> that's true. I can't argue with that. But you're right. It's... Oh, that's just priceless. It's yeah. adorable to me. I'm no. sorry. Um, your intercomics pod relationship. Yeah. 
that grew and got pretty tight. You and them, where would that come out of? There, I love dude? those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, we. I don't know actually. It could have just been Twitter. I think maybe they caught wind of the early Terracool stuff that was coming out. Yeah. Uh, dug it and then probably because they caught an episode of an elegant weapon. And that that's <laughs> that, I was gonna say that actually. <laughs> that yeah nope. <laughs> That could be. Um, so they heard of it somehow, and then they just contacted me. And we had a good time on the show, which was, you know, it was awesome. And, yeah. Yeah, no, they're good guys. They're, they've been doing good things for a while now, yeah. too. Man. I love hearing that. One of my proudest things was uh, the Slackers, this band yeah. I love oh so, oh so much. This guy in Ireland, one day, well, no, he's an Irishman living in London, <laughs> okay. but he's an Irish guy. Yeah. And, uh, and he lives in London, England, right? And I, I got a tweet one day thanking me for introducing this guy to the Slackers. Oh. And this guy has become obsessed. He's like, it's the greatest band, blah, blah, blah. And he discovered them through hearing me playing clips and talk about them on the, on the show. That's awesome. And, excuse me, every time they go to Britain or play in the UK, he's there and I get a tweet. Nice. That's like, I'm saying, You made a difference. Oh, dude, it's... I gave someone the slackers yeah, on a right. whole other continent, on another little island. What a good gift. Hey, it's a great gift, yeah. man. It's, it's sensational. <laughs> but tomorrow, kids, I hope I'm not jinxing this by saying this, but I've got to set up interview with Dave Hilliard of the slackers. Super excited. And then this podcast will end forever and I will die because <laughs> I've got nothing left to do and no one else to talk to. Sounds about right. <laughs> At least you'll have fun, though. Yeah. No, there'll always be someone else, man. Yeah. I've not interviewed Johnny Depp yet. Is he on your list? He's kind of on my yeah, list, he's up man. There, yeah. yeah. Christian Slater. Uh, anybody true romance involved cool. in any way has to be kind of a dream guest for the show. Yeah, I'm at uh, Fan Expo this year. Christian Slater's there. Oh, really? But for Showcase for Mr. Robot. And he was only signing at the showcase booth for an hour, and you had to have gotten a pre like hoodie thing to get in line. You had to go get a hoodie. What do you mean? Like Like a a hoodie? Yeah. Why? Like a sweater, and then you were able to get in line. (laughs) I don't. I don't know. They were controlling it or something, so I couldn't get an autograph from him. I brought my original 1994 True Romance VHS tape. And I'm standing at the front of the line. There's like four little girls with their True Romance DVDs beside them. Yeah. I'm here with my VHS ta- tape. And we're all like, hee, 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 So when I realized that he ain't, he ain't I'm not going to get an autograph, right? So I plant myself right where I know they're going to lead him away. And as they're leading him away, I just, I'm like, Christian! <laughs> like just yelled it. And he turns and he looks at me. And I showed him my tat, my Alabama whirly tat. And I'm like, Alabama! And he points at the tat, and he's like, right on. And then I did the cheesiest thing I've ever done in my life, dude. I looked at him, I said, thank you for the greatest movie ever made! <laughs> and he looked at me, though, like, made, like, potential eye contact yeah. and pointed at me. Like, he knows. He knows it's the best thing he's ever done. See, you might think that's a nerdy, geeky thing, but there's nothing wrong with that. Dude, that's I was, wicked. I, yeah, he Who had, gets I, to he yell had to know. Yeah. He had to know. I literally I was yelling it above reporters and cameras and crowd. <laughs> I, I took over that moment in his life. That's right. And, like, like, because when I yelled, Alabama, he ducked past his security guard to, like, look. <laughs> and, yeah, we, we made eye contact, and I had my moment. But still, of course, a dream... To get to talk to fucking Clarence, of course. And he got a sweet hoodie out of it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, you well, I didn't get the hoodie. That was the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're in the middle of something. You're his roommate? Yeah, dude. You're Sean, Sean's roommate? I'm Sean's roommate. <laughs> it's yeah. nice to meet you, man. I'm yeah. Jay. Nice to meet you, Jay. This is an Elegant Weapon podcast. Oh, nice. Yes, and I hear you're an animator. I'm an animator, yeah. Very cool. Where are you an animator at? I, I work at Arc Productions. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not familiar. So what do they do? They did uh, They did the movie Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah. They've done some stuff for Halo. They worked on uh, effects for The Amazing Spider-Man. Very cool. They do a whole bunch of stuff. They did the movie Nine. I don't yeah, know if you saw yeah, the movie yeah. Nine. Yeah, they did yeah, that, yeah. Um, and they're going to be doing a movie called uh, Blazing Samurai that uh, Sam Jackson's doing a voice for. Kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah, big yeah. Deal. Well, that makes me think Sam, uh, he did uh, Samurai, not Samurai Jack, he did Afro Samurai, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he just, he's just got like something in his contract that says, I'll do any Samurai nice. movie. Yeah, yeah, Anything, yeah. Or, or just... Kung Fu, I'm down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a good friend of the show, Jay Fosgit. He's the artist on Bodie Troll and My Little Pony comics. Oh, nice. And nice. he knows a lot of the animators around here because he's oh, okay. so into that. And a lot of friends here in Toronto. So every time he comes here, he's schooling me on what's happening around here. And he's like, we'll podcast and he'll get into the history of Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just the whole thing. And yeah, he's like yeah, a total yeah. Canadian file, you know. <laughs> knows all about the Care Bears. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. The, the, the raccoons. Yeah. You know, yeah. the fucking classics, man. Absolutely. Well, you know what? It's a, it's a small industry, though. So a lot of people know everybody and, you know, you're, yeah. con- you're constantly bumping. Well, it's, what's weird is a lot of us have been talking about this, how Toronto, it's such a big city, and there's so much art as far as creators, school, education, museums, yeah, and yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Huge artistic city, creative city, where there are these pockets, but these pockets don't know the other pockets. Yeah, and, yeah. But we're starting to get to a point, thanks to things like podcasting and shit, yeah, yeah. where it's starting to cross over, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's really neat. Actually, I can't remember her name. There's a voice actress that Jay was setting me up with. And she works with a lot of the animators around here. Totally going to blank on her name right now. <laughs> but I hope to get to talk to blank out on her name, you know? Yeah. Then you then you'll learn her name or you'll call her something that's not her name and so we I've got an image in my head sure. of Sean Daly okay when he's lying in his bed and then the morning comes the eyes open and he literally does in one motion rolls out of his bed into the chair at the drafting table and just starts going you know I've is never, this truth is there truth to this legend I, I've never actually seen him do it before but like I've heard it you know <laughs> you hear like a thud and then there's like a gust and then you hear like a magical kind of sound and then the next thing you know there's like pages just flying off like sometimes they come out from under the door because they're just flying out he'll open his door and he's like oh shit my page oh flew my off and this I'm like, fantastic. calm down, you know? Like, <laughs> Do you, like, come home from, like, work and walk in the door and all of a sudden you're just splattered with watercolors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just say there's a constant stream of black ink in the sink in our apartment. And that's not even, that's not, that's even, not a even a joke. Oh, that's, that's like, amazing. This is a real thing. There's black ink in our sink right now. Awesome. Well, yeah, we yeah. thank you as fans for your tolerance and allowing <laughs> yeah. him to create the wonderful things that he does yeah, yeah. yeah i always i'm always joshing on him for the fact that he's he's the disaster at fan expo you want to find sean daly find the the one table that's covered in water and black ink and you know I'm surprised you don't get it all over yourself more often <laughs> he's got some he's got some on him Oh, uh, that's great, yeah. man! So you're a straight up animator, like well, like, I, like 2D styles, or I do uh, I do 3D. 
Okay. 3D is my my bread and butter. Um, Were you a Sheridan kid? Or no, no. I went to I went to Durham College out in Oshawa. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I took the program there, and they oh, had a, I they had, had no idea they had that kind of program. It's it's not as well known as Sheridan. Well, you got Sheridan. Yeah, that yeah. Kind of tends to overshadow things. Yeah. Right? Most yeah. of the time when I tell people I went to school for animation, they ask if it was Sheridan, and, well, and I have to tell them no, and just look at the the, the look of disappointment yeah. on their face. Well, no, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's a really cool thing to have Sheridan, and it be known for what it is that yeah, we live, yeah. like like it's creative around here enough like I was saying but then we also got this college that Disney's been handpicking people out of for yeah, decades yeah, like yeah. Yeah, you know, but like, there's way more options than Sheridan around yeah, here yeah. too, right? So. Well, it was like like a geographical thing for me too, because I I, uh, I lived out in Ajax, and Oshawa is just two towns over, so I figured like you know it's close by, I can just take the bus, I don't have to like relocate to the city or anything like sure, that. Sure. So, so I uh, yeah, I did that for three years. I started working at a small studio, which I recently left, and now I'm over at Arc. Uh, cool, doing animation, man. yeah. So, like, sometimes in my spare time, like, I'll draw. Like, I like to draw and stuff. Sure. But animation's kind of like that's kind of the road I'm I'm going down. Right like, on. I, I want to get into more like short film, uh, like, like doing animated short films. Well, you, and, you're in the place to do it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No better place can do, especially short films. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, it's crazy. I'm gonna check the time because. <laughs> Uh, 6.03, I got five minutes to feed the meter. Uh-oh. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta go stick a toonie in a box. But, uh, Sean Daly, great as always. You Thank know you. Sean will be back. And Sean... Sean Martins. Sean Martins. Very nice to meet yeah, you, man. Nice to meet you too, uh, I'd love to uh, come back. Let's let's do a full episode. I, I'd love to pick your brain about this I'm animation totally down, thing dude. for an hour or so. And I actually have a business yeah, yeah. card I brought right. with me. Excellent. All right, kids. I'm gonna go feed the meter. Get the business card, and uh, and here Sean Daly is enjoying his Star Wars candy sticks. Very good. And everybody's happy at pints <laughs> and pages. Thank good you. times. Yeah.